Hey y'all, it's Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is a Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Huh. If I know one person who's about to crack, it's my grandma. (laughs) (laughs) She's about to crack. She can't take it no more. (laughs) I told you, I was on the phone with her the other day, and she was like... She she was like, um, I told her I hadn't been out the house since I went to her house to drop off her car because her car is the only one in our family that fits my flight case. So when they picked me up from the airport, we had her car. I dropped it off. That was a couple weeks ago. I was like, yeah, I haven't been nowhere since then. And she was like, well, you know, you you got to be doing stuff. You got to you can't be uh, sitting up in the house bored. And I said, well, I'm still in school full time, so I'm not bored. And she goes, well, I'm bored. <laughs> I was like, okay. I get it like she was like you know what I like that I'm you know I'm obviously grateful to be in the house like being a comfortable place I'm not like in a nursing home or homeless and she said but I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it period <laughs> so I, I feel that but but ain't nothing to do that's yeah. the problem so <laughs> but yeah she's about to crack she told me that this this coronavirus got her doing things she don't normally do she said she was sitting at her window <laughs> Looking, looking, be like somebody left that piece of trash in the street. I'm gonna go pick it up, and she go pick it up. Yes. Wow. She said she just been sitting out there looking out her window. I was just like, oh my gosh, yeah, she's really about to. She better get in her car and, and zoom zoom. Listen, I'm not trying to be annoying, but like, the days have been flying by, and I'm really hoping I'm like in the middle. It's not like treacherous, like. I hope it don't turn on me, but mm-hmm. like I did a puzzle the other day. I'm like, I was like, Katie, when the last time you did a puzzle? Right. Like, I'll be cooking like elaborate things on a Thursday, like just, <laughs> just cause, cause why not? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I don't mind it. I'm the only thing I miss is like pop my kids probably. I mean, but then it's starting to get on my nerves, so <laughs> not really, but um, yeah. I'm yeah. chilling. She, uh, it was funny because she was telling my mom, she was like, yeah, um, Manchester, the street that she lives off of, but you know, you've been in my grandma's house. She don't live on the corner or nothing. But right. she, um, she was like, she was like, yeah, it looks, it looks pretty like normal. And my grandma, and my mom was like, how you know what it looked like? <laughs> <laughs> you saw, you saw that meme, uh, um, that SpongeBob meme where it was like, oh, it's a nice day today. And the, the police officer was like, how you know it's a nice day? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo, y'all sending me with these memes. Right. Like, it's freaking crazy. She said she could see it from her window. I'm trying to think. I'm like, can you really? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Not no, a, because not it, a it curved window a, in your house. It also curved, don't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. See? She it's been a little over curve there. over there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she been over there. Bless her heart. My grandma said she bored too. And like, no disrespect, but I'm like, Gloria, you always in the house. Yeah, my grandma's mostly in the house, but the difference is my grandma, she does run small errands like mostly goes grocery shopping for herself you know mm-hmm. that sort of things and like that was like just enough for her but it's like the fact that she can't do that it's <laughs> yeah. like really getting to her i'm like yeah my grandma has her little appointment she gets her hair done she right. goes to church so i think that's why there's nothing to break up the monotony mm-hmm. of it now that i realize it yeah because she do be having appointments and getting you know go and get her little stuff when she needed but like now it's like because of her age, you you can't do that. Everybody yeah. go, got to go get something for you or whatever. Right. So I guess, because he was like, I'm, I'm just, damn, it's so bored. I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, but, but you do. Okay. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, like people be so set in their routines. Like I was trying to tell my grandma she can learn something new. She ain't interested in learning nothing yeah. new. Like at all. Nothing. Thing. Like, my friend Nikki, she was oh yeah, you know Nikki. I'm gonna say that yeah. you know, yesterday, but um, she was like, she's, I'm so bored. I'm like, Nikki, get a hobby. I don't want to do that. I was like, and she's in school full time too. I'm like, girl, if you don't go learn some more social work on the side or something, do Not something. Some social work on the side. <laughs> Read an extra article. <laughs> yeah, actually, girl. So my grandma we was gonna get her a, a pet. Um, I was like, we get you like a low maintenance pet, like a fish or something. And I was like, we're a snake. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> should have heard her freaking reaction. <laughs> I'm like, dang, people doing all type of stuff. 
I was talking to somebody. He, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm finna, um, finna make me an indoor kitchen garden. And I was like. Yeah, my mom is starting a garden. I was like, okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah, she's starting like, to plant stuff. Ain't no point in me growing no herbs in here. I'm going <laughs> to use it for like a week. And it's <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, just, I, like I said last week, I just love how creative people are getting. I took communion yesterday, last week, in my mm-hmm. house. And it was, it's for dang, it's really about to be Easter. Right, Lucy ain't got to eat that styrofoam. I was like, this is the best community I ever tasted. <laughs> <laughs> that Shibata Bear from Trader Jones did the thing. You hear me? Because, <laughs> man, I'd rather eat the cup mm. the community comes in. Because that, you know exactly the cup. Yes. If you know, if you take communion, because some churches make you break bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my I've church a, did that. Yeah, I've been oh. to a church like that. Low key unsanitary, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, the bread was already broken. Oh, no, I went to a church for, like, not, okay, we, okay, I'm not trying to put my mama's business out there, but there was a time that we were going to two churches at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put, I'm just going to put it like that. Like, I've been, I've been at my, my church that I go to at home, I've been there all my life. Like, I've been there, I've been going to all 26 years, but there was a time where we was going to two churches in the same week. You could take a, take with from that, whatever you want. Okay. And, like, we would leave from my church, my home church, and go to another church. And we would it would be a loaf of bread from Fuvalez oh, and everybody no. going around. Yeah. <laughs> and nasty. the little kids, I would never forget my friends at that church. The little kids would just take a huge chunk of it. Like, because I don't know what they've been doing with them hands, little kids. Yeah. Oh but the funny gosh. thing is like you was, people be, they would be chewing on the bread. Like after like, you're not supposed to take that. You're not supposed to take that much, but yeah, I'm accustomed to them purple cups little. with them things on it. Not it tastes like styrofoam. Yo, I yo think bingo chips. <laughs> wow. So I was like, that's a that's the best taste of communion I've had in, in a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like in a long, long time. Maybe. But it's sad. Dang. You know, I'm, I love me a good Easter brunch. You know, I'm good oh for. Oh my it. gosh, this is the first time I've been home for Easter. Yeah, that is in crazy. Four years. I'm so like, <laughs> I'm so upset because that was one of my that was one of my like gonna be one of my highlights of graduating because i haven't been home for easter mm-hmm. since 2016 and and here i am we're gonna be in the house dang you know i love easter like i stay in the yes. holiday like I, I plan a whole day but um i've been home for easter since 2013 has it been that long yeah delicious but i, I always make it yeah she's she's very very into holidays like before mm-hmm. like when she was younger she used to like get the ladder be on top of the house putting up stuff like mm-hmm. all, yeah every single holiday and even now like when i went to her house a couple of weeks ago like over spring break before all this really hit the fan she i got about 47 bunnies in her house wow <laughs> because of easter mm. yeah i'm just gonna do what i normally do except not have friends over mm-hmm. <laughs> and i go to church yeah, I don't know if we're gonna we're gonna cook mm. because they said this week is like the week you really supposed to stay home from the grocery store at least, at least over here. But oh, so for I don't real? know. Yeah, I don't know if if anybody's gonna be cooking because we don't really have all this stuff. I mean, I go to st- I have a couple people I'm going to the store for tomorrow. Even though like I'm really not in no position to go, but there's some people that there's like, one of my stores has like underlying health. She's like, sis, I'm scared, and I'm like, just give me a little list. I put on your stuff, girl. Um, but it's real out here. But I'm gonna go to Bedside Tabernacle on Sunday, mm-hmm. and then go from there. All right, girl. What's the news? What's the tea? What's the girls doing besides making reads? What's the girls doing? Being infected with coronavirus. Um, wow. Oh, also, can we just really talk really quick about the? T- I mean, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. Oh my gosh! Here you go. But I just I'm tired of y'all. I really am. And somebody texted my phone. I'm not gonna put her business out there. She texted my phone. She was like, she when the double reads got voted off, she was like, Y'all gonna have to tune your own damn selves. And I was like, period sis, because right. they in the the girls are out here chasing games. She's like, the next time y'all in orchestra, don't look back at the oboe. And I was like, period. 
it was a mess. For those of y'all who don't follow us on Instagram, we did a little oh, I delete. Forgot. People yeah, don't <laughs> <laughs> like nobody knows what you're talking about. That um, oh. we did a um, like a little thing where it's like nine um, different instruments, and every time somebody has everybody has to comment which one they want to vote off. So it's like we we delete one every single time, um, and yeah, Katie is upset because Viola did not win. Okay, I'm just, I'm mad at how Viola went out. Really? That's it, it made it a while, though. Top it three? did make it a while. And somebody was talking about how, like, Viola's still here. And this one girl who I thought I messed with. I really thought, like, we were good. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's, like, my sister and my on in the internet. You know what I'm saying? Like, we only met once, but we really, we, we rock heavy with each other. And I'm going to have to, like, reevaluate, you know, our DM relationship. Because the fact that she really came back to comment... I just came to see if Viola didn't make sure Viola ain't win. Like, I felt some type about that. I was like, sis, I thought we had something. I thought we had a nice friendship. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the Viola will prevail. And we and we we don't even need to talk about how Mara betrayed both of us. Once oh, again. you know what? It's over with Mara. It's a dub. Yeah. Like, it's really a dub. I, I don't know if she thinks it's like, kick, 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 kick. no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how we coming back. Right. Because I just don't know. We were already hanging on by the hairs of our, on our chinny chin chins after the Tchaikovsky thing. And so now you come and vote off both of our instruments. I mean, she didn't vote mine off, but you you try you vote against both of our instruments. And also, I feel some type because I feel like the Viola was just there because y'all was like, y'all knew it wasn't finna win. And that's that's what I feel sometimes. I didn't about. think Bass was gonna win. I was surprised. I, didn't, I ain't finna hold you. I didn't think Bass was gonna win. But I saw Bass and Cello. I knew I knew Cello wasn't finna win. Yeah, and 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 this one girl, she she was trying me talking about what I, when I voted off violin, talking about what you say. I'm like, girl, you you wrote that so you can read and write and comprehend English. You know what I said? Like. <laughs> mean wow she was she was pressed i was like girl it's yeah, a game she was pressed. I, was, I, I mean was... i was pressed too i and i i commented something and i accidentally like forgot to switch over so jasmine commented she was like hi katie because <laughs> i was like <laughs> i was like y'all just want to vote off viola because y'all just y'all just whack like y'all whatever i said like y'all just voting off and then freaking this is what sent me jennifer arnold comments she's like april fools was last week yeah the viola. i was that like was you know what i don't have nothing to say to that that was hilarious. <laughs> but shout out to the bass, the bass right, boys and exactly. girls. I feel like the bass is misunderstood, and I'm not just saying that because. because no, I, I really think it. so. I'm happy yeah. it did. Yeah. So. And high key, so I I told Nikki like Nikki was like people don't really be checking for us like that. So she was like, who won? And I was like, the bass. She's like the bass. Da 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 da. Because <laughs> like she's like all, all she know about the bass like is freaking high school orchestra and that Delaney plays the bass. That's all she knows about the bass. Oh, so I sent her Joseph Conyers Instagram. She was like, oh my God. I was like, see? <laughs> see? It's just misunderstood. Like, I remember when yeah. you were telling me, you were like, yeah, I didn't really hear good bass playing like that till I got to Eastman. It's like, a lot because of people... the girls are playing around in undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I just felt like... And, and I told you, like, when there was a bass concerto competition at school, people actually got up and left the hall. Like... That's when ridiculous. his concerto came i'm like y'all so and also he worked hard on that like it, yeah what? And it, like that's nasty like yeah ugh, i'm just like y'all can't sit through this 15 minute concerto like that's actually gonna sound good like he won the competition it's gonna exactly. sound good like, they ain't picked the last person right if nobody sounded good nobody would have won it would have been our teacher up there <laughs> playing right it. so y'all, act like, y'all forget that they do that like they will pick no one <laughs> do it but anyway, um, on to the coronavirus news. Um, I'm literally begging you guys, if you have anything else, please send it to me. I, I, I am doing one piece of non-coronavirus news every week, but slim pickings. Okay. Um, so opera singer Placido Domingo did test positive for coronavirus, but he said that due to his age, he's 79, and his comorbidity, um, that's a new word I learned. Um, what does that mean? It means like when you have two two um chronic conditions at once but why they gotta call it more yeah right but um due to that like he was already under like close um surveillance sounds you know but you know what i mean yeah he he was going to the doctor a lot so they detected it almost immediately he said he feel fine um and then also a violist in the met orchestra yeah um named vincent leonti he died of coronavirus recently um yeah so they're remembering him 
he uh, joined the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra um, in 1987. Before that, he played with the New York Philharmonic and the Detroit Symphony. Um, he's also a uh, guest principal viola for a number of other orchestras, mm-hmm. uh, New Jersey Symphony, Indianapolis, Santa Fe Opera, um, and he held degrees from the Juilliard School. So condolences over there. Um, I just I'm just thinking of like how how other people must feel because this is one of the orchestras first of all the Met was the first the first orchestra to lay everybody off and in a lot of um places who give who offer health insurance to their employees are also only offering health insurance up to a point now the Metropolitan mm-hmm. Opera their employees still have health insurance right now but after a certain point they will not anymore and it's like how I just wonder how people feel knowing that, like, wow, somebody that we work with died of this, and we're not going to have health insurance in three months. First of all, the Met out of every orchestra, the Met and the New York Philharmonic out of any other orchestra right now should have health insurance for their people. It's New York is literally the epicenter to the point that they're telling us all the way up here not to go outside. It's crazy. It's crazy in New York. York. It's like literally. It's in the the six figures. Yeah. It's crazy. It grows every day. Like, um so that's that's weird i mean i what on the street is i mean i got it from an unreliable source our president that um who's that i'm just saying that because you know the girls get (laughs) i was uh i was talking to somebody and they were like you know your president i'm like you know i really felt some type of way that you said that because i feel i felt attacked (laughs) right but um apparently if you go to the hospitals to get coronavirus treatment like it's supposed to be it's supposed to be free now is that true who knows but like they were talking about how because first of all it's like if you go to the hospital you can't breathe like they it's like by law they have to treat you mm-hmm. but um but at the same time that's a $75,000 bill you're looking at um best case so I mean that hopefully if it comes to that and it's it's August, and we still in this. They can go get what they. I just can imagine like you used to sit next to somebody in a, in a section, and and like you lost them to something that like because and people don't take it seriously until it hits home, like it hits close to you. Hmm. So it's like it's like this thing that's going on, but like yeah, it was like that's people. Other people are getting it, and it's like your stand partner got it. Like I couldn't imagine. I really couldn't. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but our one piece of good news that we have at the end, um, Valerie Coleman, a previous Black Excellence, um, and flutist and composer, and a previous member of the Imani Winds, Win Quintet, um, was just named the 2020 Classical Woman of the Year by Performance Today. Period. Right. Um, so the this honor is granted annually to a woman who has made a significant contribution to classical music as a performer, composer, conductor, music teacher, or supporter. Um, she's being honored or has been honored in two separate episodes of performance today. Um, one is an interview where she speaks about her extensive career in music and um the pieces that she's currently working on and then another one um is going to be a show focusing um on her music and her performances so i'm gonna link uh the page where you can see all the information on how to listen to that um you know i'm not gonna go into her illustrious career because we already did because she was a black excellence but shout out to her 2020 classical woman of the year okay katie's future title next year anyway You, you done? Mm-hmm. All right. It's time for the intermission. So I was on, um, I was on Instagram on the shade room and it was the, you know, that there's like this meme or whatever. And it's the dude running real, real, real fast. Like he was like, I've seen like when you let the track practice or whatever, whatever. So it was like, um, what's the first thing you going to, what's the first place you're going to go when you get out of quarantine. And so I asked the lady, um, that's not what it says. I mean, it says, where's the first place y'all are going when we're allowed outside again? 
and so it's not really classical music uh, related but we all feeling this so i thought it'd be kind of cute to see um what it is so we got three places that we want to go when outside opens back up so what you got doing um i'm really chilling so this was actually kind of hard i for really me. I realized after I sent this to you, I was like, I just sent that to Delaney. Like, <laughs> I was like, there's really not many places that I want to go that I haven't already gone. So, I mean, I don't like leaving my house. When I'm, at, when I'm just regular, I leave my house for two things, school and food. That's it. So, <laughs> um, but my first place is work. I would love to go to work because I got bills <laughs> to pay. Right. Um and obviously like I still work a bit but not nearly as much as I could before because a lot of places are downsizing and you know that sort of Mm -hmm. thing right now so work is gonna be my number one and that's because that's one of my top three fears is being broke um number two um I want to just go I guess to get something to eat that I can't cook well, like something that's really like Indian food or like girl, you better learn to make Thai Indian food. food. It will change. That's it. what I told my mom. She slapped in my face. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, is that a black thing where pe- black people don't like Indian food? Because I've I've met, huh? I don't know. I mean, I told you, I only I have Indian food for the first time with you. So it's not that my mom. She doesn't like it, but she just doesn't eat it like i never had it growing up she's had mm-hmm. it before but um she's had it before yeah and i remember i wanted before i left moved back to new york me my mom and my sister were gonna go to dinner and i was like oh, we could go to get some indian food my sister's never had it like me mm-hmm. um and um she was like i, I don't know about all that like <laughs> see i'm wondering if it's a black thing because i first thought it was just like because my I, don't, I haven't met a jamaican that will eat indian food like i just haven't but you are missing it's so freaking out. good oh my god and like it's so good but it's so it's easy to bake now i don't i don't cook with meat so i don't know mm-hmm. but like it's so easy to throw a curry together but i would say I like why don't you try some t- chicken tikka marsala oh you don't like cooking meat though yeah but so chicken tikka marsala I, I, is I would mad just make easy some uh some curry a curry stew is like mad easy like i'm telling you it's mad easy to make yeah but something like that or like or like thai food like it's know. hard to make thai food yeah, well at home that's like hard. i could I make a pad thai, but ain't nothing like a pad thai in a restaurant. Yeah, see, and it's just like, and then like stuff that needs special ingredients or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I would like to go to get some of that and also some juice because my mom does not buy juice. We have nothing in the house except for water and coffee and a box of tea that I bought a couple months ago when I was here. So, <laughs> I mean, you still going to the store, uh, girl? I mean, not not now, and also I don't want to. So, <laughs> but I I might now because we ran out of lemons. We got we had some lemons from my grandma's tree, and we also have a grapefruit tree here. So I just make like a glass of lemonade. <laughs> but now we have no more, so I'm gonna have to go to the store once this stretch that they said not to go to the store is over. Um, they they wait. I'm confused. They told you not to go to the store. Like they didn't say like you can, but they said like this is I guess like a time where it's really finna get bad i don't know um this is hearsay but um my mom watches the the la county uh briefings every day Mm -hmm. and so that's what she told me um and then third is my grandma's house (laughs) i feel you my grandma's house is like kind of in the epicenter because a lot of people And my family work at the airport and she lives fairly close to the airport so a lot of them if they're on a layover or they're about to go to work they'll go to her house first or come to her house after and like now you know nobody's really over there and now she lives alone so mm-hmm. it's like <clears throat> but yeah those are my three places um my first place is java's now listen i know that sounds like oh, annoying but let me tell you about the brownies at java's first of all the vegan oh, my brownies yeah let me, and then after she's done telling you about them let me tell you about them okay the brownies no because they cake is kind of <gasps> but Everything. and the cupcakes even worse but the brownies <laughs> hit different Not the cookies now, but that, like, now what i will tell you about that muffin listen man i'm mad i can't get that muffin no more because that freaking pumpkin chocolate chip muffin i should make different. some of the i'm gonna make See, some make that make yep. that and I, that can't be hard to make it can't be I'll, I'll be making that like um i miss java because i've been missing my beverages that i be getting from there um so that's my first place 
Um, second place is going to be the hair store. I've been wanting to do some knotless braids. The girls have sold out every website of pre-stretched connect along because I guess everybody want to do some braids while they in the house. <laughs> I have scoured. I'm still looking. And also, I found some, but I don't you, want no 14-inch hair. On AliExpress? I can go on AliExpress. I want a Sam's Beauty. I probably did go on AliExpress. It's sold out. Like, I need to, I'm going to keep yeah. looking. Um, I don't want no 14-inch hair either. Like, I want it to go down. I oh, want, like, waist inches. length. Mm-mm. Uh, knotless braids and I've been wanting to do them Amazon talking about I gotta wait four weeks for the hair like <laughs> break into my apartment I got some hair in there okay bitch <laughs> like I know this sounds annoying but I feel like the hair store is essential because the hair store I've never heard anybody <laughs> call it that <laughs> like I'm over here looking like I mean I was looking okay these past couple of weeks but like I yeah, just the really thing is, my, my hair. hair, I have, you know, I put colors in my hair, so I have like some blue hair, some green hair, some like, mm-hmm. so I would be looking crazy by the head if I did a whole a whole head of hair right now. I said I was going to do some mini twists, but like, honestly, I have to, but I have to tune into my hair because I will get real lazy. That first week when I had that puff that did not move, I didn't, I didn't swoop no edges. I didn't put it back up into a puff. I did, whatever puff I went to Cincinnati with, I just kept it the next week. And baby, I was like, put your hair in some braids, Katie, because it's gonna puff, gonna break off. Um, and then I want to go to old Quebec. I was supposed to be in old Quebec like this week. Like this was the See, week I was supposed to be in old Quebec. I thought she didn't want to go nowhere. Remember? You were like this year. That's go- what you say every year. This year, I'm not. I'm really gonna be in the house, y'all. And you see, I really my uh my sore said she, my sore said that she's like um I, we we were doing something um because we have. Never mind, I'm not gonna say that, but we were doing something. What? And she's Shop like, your business? Wanna share? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, this episode we get flagged by Sigma Gamma Rosority Incorporated. Um, but we were doing something. It's not that secret, but there's no point in me saying it. And before I left, uh, she was like, uh, you want to say anything to them before you leave? Since Before you catch your flight? And I'm like, see, I told you I'd be in the house. She's yeah, like, it took a virus to keep you. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> You would not be if it were not mandated by law that you stay in the house. I would have, I, according to the schedule I had before Rona, I was supposed to be in the house the past couple of weeks. But I was going to go drive up to Quebec because I wanted to go fr- practice my French. And yeah, but I do want to go. It's really beautiful up there. So, But at Montreal, I heard they got a whole bunch up there too. So, I mean, not like the province, the province. What, what do they got? Pro- provinces? Whatever Girl. it's called parish i don't know okay <laughs> of um quebec is like one of the epicenters um so yeah honorable mention church that would be nice and then right home. <laughs> okay we can smite it down at the end of this yeah guys like oh, you know you're not making out of this since you um but yeah honorable mention church and home but mother has asthma and my mm-hmm. grandmother's old so that's that mm-hmm. on that Right. It'd be a miracle if nobody up in this house get it. For real. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just hoping. Yeah, I mean, because... Well, my mom is no longer going to work because a lot of flights are canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And also, she's... Even if she could, I don't think she would anymore just because of everything that's going on. But my stepdad still goes to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my sister was just over here, so... <laughs> it might be coming back and she also works on the plane so she's still taking flights yeah she was just at work a couple of days ago she's on reserve because she's fairly new so if anybody's oh, gonna be yeah, taking flights go. it's gonna be her i know she will you go you show you serve them three little beverages and you sit down the rest of the time right <laughs> <laughs> enjoy your break girl right all right y'all we moving on okay so we have an interview with artina mccain that's what you that's what you're gonna hear next period the room is a little trifling y'all like the room we got if you if anyone knows if you know you know trying to find a room at eastman on a saturday like is impossible so the room we had 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 a little stuff going on and there's also like a sax a wind quintet next to us <laughs> so <laughs> enjoy the ambiance right a little background music for you right um it's so, so that, that's it's ghetto but you know what Y'all knew that come to this program. So, right. um, yeah, that's just a little uh, disclaimer. So we hope right. you enjoy. It's a good interview. It is a good so. interview. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy our conversation with a uh, doctor. Right. 
Artina McCain. All right, y'all. So we're back and we're here with Dr. Artina McCain. Hey. <laughs> just black excellence in our midst like wow <laughs> crazy yeah we're so happy to have you here um, with us. thank you for inviting me i'm super excited to be in rochester you are i oh. <laughs> <laughs> well maybe not the weather right. but the cause i am excited to be here i woke up this morning i saw the the temperature and i was like i did too is it Celsius? Like, I was. <laughs> it was a mess. It's on my Insta story, too. It's like, four? What is four? <laughs> you come from Memphis where you have like normal weather? Exactly. And I'm from Dallas by way of Austin, so I don't see four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Rochester is never nice to anyone during this oh. time of the year. Like, God kind of neglects us up here. It's kind of like the dumping ground. <laughs> but at least it's not snowing, so. Yes, yes. And it's sunny today. Oh, yeah, the yeah. sun is out. Yeah, yeah. Dang, I didn't even appreciate it. It's mm-hmm. rare. It, it came out for you because you. it's not coming back out until April. <laughs> no, for real. No, that's, I believe you. That's just real. <laughs> so uh, we're going to jump into this interview. Yeah. Right. Um, so you want to introduce yourself? Gas yourself up? Oh, yeah. Lord. <laughs> Y'all got my notes here. So, um, well, my name is Artina McCain, and I am a pianist, a concert artist, chamber musician, professor. I don't even know all the things I had to do. I had to write it down. Y'all know. Before yeah, she popped a pop and she got to like, remember. <laughs> Imagine having to remember what you did. <laughs> I can't remember three things I did. So. But yeah, I'm the coordinator of piano studies at the University of Memphis. I'm also the artistic director there of the Memphis International Piano Festival and competition. I play in a chamber music ensemble with my husband, Martin McCain. We are the McCain duo. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm also very... active on the piano pedagogy scene. I'm a contributor for Clavier Companion, now known as Piano Magazine. I was on the cover a few months ago, uh, celebrating women in music. Um, I do diversity pieces for them. I also speak at the Music Teachers National Association, our National Conference of Keyboard Pedagogy. And, um, you know, I play piano too. (laughs) I'm here to play piano, here to play a concerto, so I stay busy. Wow. So tell us more about this concerto. What you playing tonight? Okay. So I am playing the Florence Price Piano Concerto for the first time. TT Flow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited oh, because, man. I mean, and you guys probably know more than I do, but her music was recently discovered, and this piano concerto was one of those things. Mm-hmm. So I think the first performance was in 2011, and it's been g- gaining some ca- traction. Mm-hmm. A few orchestras are programming it, and I'm playing it with the Geneseo Symphony Orchestra mm-hmm. tonight in Rochester and on Sunday again in Geneseo. So Ooh, yeah, it's an awesome place. Yeah, it's yeah. great. That third man, I was telling you, like, it, it just bops to me. It sounds so black. Like, I just <laughs> I just love it. Like, it just... <laughs> so black. Like, it's just, it's just amazing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't... That I mean, people say they rediscover her, but also it's like, she yeah, she's been here. That yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's been here for a minute. But also, it's not, it's not. What I think the difference between Florence Price and other composers, mm. black composers, is the fact that like her estate is kind of like holding on to stuff, mm. so it's not easy to like get all her things. Right. But I was happy that she's performing. Yeah, and actually, I was playing Price before everybody discovered her. <laughs> with, <laughs> With some of her vocal works, actually recording an album, uh, I Too, with I.C. Simpson Monroe. So we were doing Price, like, maybe, like, eight years ago. Oh, shoot. And, you know, it's actually in that anthology, the green anthology that probably a lot of vocalists know um, by Willis Patterson. So Price has been around, but the instrumentalists are just discovering her. You have to drop that, and I know that. Yeah. Um, so what can you tell us about the piece? Well, okay, apparently it sounds really black. (laughs) (laughs) It it just jives. It's like, oh, she put her foot in that. (laughs) Well, yeah, the third movement is a juba, so it is like African dance. She love a good juba. Yeah, Yeah. she does. She loves a juba. And I mean, it sounds like a juba sounds, you know? It's very, like, a ragtime feel. Um, The second movement, or I guess it's it's in one movement, actually, but it's it's three parts. Yeah, 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 definitely. But the second movement is gorgeous it's just a lyrical you know songful um movement and i I love playing that one and then the first movement i don't know how to describe it i mean to me it's very americana i mean it's very melodic sounds like black copeland can i do that black copeland (laughs) (laughs) all right take something 
<laughs> and make it better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she starts off with a big piano cadenza, like pianists like to play, and then she has, you know, very melodic uh, material in there as well. So, I don't know. I feel like it's a very Americana piece. It's very accessible. You mm-hmm. don't need to know anything about classical music to like it. Yeah. Um, it's very harmonic, tonal harmony, so it's a great piece to play. Okay, so we've seen you've been out here soloing with a bunch of orchestras, oh. doing a thing, <laughs> stepping on their necks. Can you tell us a little bit about the process preparing for mm-hmm. something like this, like soloing with an orchestra mm-hmm. and all that stuff? Well, the process can be as long or as short as you have time to make it. So <laughs> I guess, you know, in school, we always have like, oh, I'm going to prepare this concerto for a concerto competition and take like half a year. <laughs> well, I guess I had the last two months. So I've been working on... <laughs> And then on top of everything else, it's two months? That's how I feel about my life. <laughs> yeah. Bless. Probably six weeks, because last week I was doing a chamber music black composers concert in Austin, Texas. Completely different repertoire. Six weeks on a whole concerto. Well, okay. I read it in the summer, and then I brought it back in December. When I bring stuff back, it'd be like I, day one. Right. <laughs> yes. Like I had never I seen agree. it before. Right. That's right true. Now. That's true. Okay, so I should give myself that, right? I started in December. <laughs> no, you're, you're lit, so it's different for you. Uh, well. <laughs> but yeah, I think the process is being very organized. You know, my mm-hmm. practice as I've gotten, you know, more advanced in the field is like I don't have much time. You know, I'm doing. I can't remember what I do, so um, I have to. I actually make lists, practice lists of exactly what I'm going to practice on any given day, and I record myself. And so every day I listen and correct, listen and correct, listen and correct. So it actually speeds up the process a lot yeah. um, versus just kind of like. I'm gonna try to learn it, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so that's that's been the process, and, and listening a lot too. We also saw that you've recorded several albums. I know mm-hmm. you you mentioned the um, the album mm-hmm. that you recorded I too, but can you talk a little bit about what goes into preparing for a project like that or working on a project mm-hmm. like that? Well, first, I guess you have to decide what repertoire you want to play and what is meaningful to you. So, a lot of the repertoire that I've been playing has been, you know composers of African descent and also American composers. You know, basically all the stuff I did not have the opportunity to learn in school. So I did the Project I2 with um, I.C. Monroe some time ago, and it was all African-American art songs and spirituals. And then my husband and I have done a couple of albums with some commission works by composers we like. Marcus Wilcher, who's a composer based in California, David Wilburn, a composer based in Austin, Texas, and some other works, you know, um, standard for bass trombone. And then I've done some solo work, too, which, you know, had everything from Debussy to... Oh, <laughs> what is that thing? Come on, now. I had to get a few standard rep in. <laughs> Like people to, <laughs> to Margaret Bonds. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, we, we've been very po- me, me and Katie don't, we don't really mess with WC like At that, all. but. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I did not know. No, but. The whole, the whole everybody in the audience was like, she said, who? Oh. Like, <laughs> but we promised. I missed all of that our episode. Li- all of our uh, <laughs> listeners that like WC, we promised them that we would lay off of him. So yeah, we, we just go, what did he do? Yeah, what did he do to y'all? He's terrible. <laughs> Indeed and in work. Oh! <laughs> he has some good stuff for piano, though. Okay, okay I pause. I, <laughs> you know, I told Joseph Conyers that I would, I would, I would explore his works. Okay. Yeah. So, I haven't started that yet. What? <laughs> I, I also played Coleridge Taylor Perkinson. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And some other stuff too. <laughs> George Walker. Oh, yeah. George okay, Walker. all right, yeah. okay, I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, WC actually took a lot of stuff from the black community and a sure, lot of our certainly. harmonies and things like that. So certainly, yeah, yeah. he was a good leader. Yeah, mm-hmm. like some other people did. <laughs> <laughs> So can you tell us about your professorship um, at the University of Memphis and how you balance everything you've got going on mm-hmm. with something like being a professor at a, at a university, like working at the collegiate level? It's hard. Um, so yes, I am actually the coordinator of piano studies, which is the equivalent of being the chair of piano studies. And I have- Right, we should be. We'd love <laughs> to see it. <laughs> I, have, um, I have 14 amazing students from the undergraduate level to doctoral level. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, something I'm actually really proud of is that we have a very diverse ethnic and cultural background of students there. And that's also something that I didn't really experience as a student. And I think that they learn a lot from each other and I learn a lot from them too. So that part I love. I love working with the students. I teach chamber music. I teach some pedagogy. And then I also run the Memphis International Piano Festival and competition. And it's new, y'all. We're the newest probably, or one of the newer piano competitions on the scene. And as string players, you probably know, competitions is big in our field. Yeah. And um, so it was really a great opportunity when the school allowed, a, allowed us to start it there. Um, we started off, we had maybe about 20 people, and now we have 300 in oh, four wow. years. Oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, actually, up, some people from Eastman won last year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So we're attracting, you know, pianists from all over the world, really high level, and oh, I think great. it's a really great, you know, piece for our piano area. So how do I balance all that? That's why I don't have time to practice. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I have to be very, very methodical about using my time. And I think I've become very organized. Like, you know, in the morning, I'm going to do this. And in the afternoon, this. And it sounds kind of, I don't know, probably like super type A <laughs> to be like so organized about your time. But that's the way I can accomplish, you know, all of the gifts I have to share with everybody. Um, so... How has it been navigating your professorship as a black woman? Like, what are you know, some of the things that you've had to maybe overcome or you've mm. had to deal with in your road to being a professor at a university? Is this answer going to be for y'all's Patreon listeners, like for the paid content? <laughs> okay, so you can say, I see where you're going. You, you know what I'm saying? Because I could tell you some things or I could keep them quiet. <laughs> I mean, we wanted to hear the Odyssey because we like low-key messy, but mm -hmm. this is... We don't have to, you can, whatever you say, mm -hmm. we could cut it out. Oh, okay. And, and you could just tell us off the mic too. Oh. <laughs> but um, no, this is going out. So whatever oh, okay. you don't, answer how oh, you feel then. comfortable. Oh, okay, sure. I'll give you the political answer then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, being probably black period in academia, there's very few in, in any institution. There have been historically, of course, um, predominantly white men and that's just the way our country has been set up in a lot of systems so that part isn't unusual I'm glad for the opportunity to share my influence with my students so mm -hmm. that part I'm very thankful for um, to be there because I think I do have a unique voice and kind of an outlook on you know what they can achieve as students um, but also what I teach them mm -hmm. so you know for instance when I was a student um, really learning any composer that wasn't dead or European was not really a thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I have taken and I've made a point to actually include a lot of ethnicities because like I said, I teach a wide range of students. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we might explore Latin American composers, black composers and other, other American composers, Asian composers. And, and I think sometimes when you're so embedded in a European system, you just forgot that there was another part of, there are other countries, yeah. there are other continents, you know? Yeah. And so that is something I find has been extremely valuable, at least I think, for my students um, in their programming. Um, sometimes my colleagues say stuff about it. Sometimes other students say stuff about it, like, oh, some really interesting pieces your students are playing, or oh, who's that composer? So I really enjoy that. And I think also my voice is valuable, you know, particularly as a black woman, um, because I do, you know, you do have to overcome some adversity being black, yeah. just period, in the country, mm -hmm. regardless of your field. And so I think I can be encouraging to my students in that way, mm -hmm. no matter what their background is, just like, you know, you can do it. And I have kind of more of a positive outlook of what you can do since I had to overcome adversity versus maybe somebody who's been given um, their positions, you know, rightfully or maybe just because the system is set up for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, has this adversity you face, like, if, how does it affect, like, other areas of your career? So, like, outside of, um, your professorship, like, performing around the world, stuff like that? Mm, well, I mean, we're fortunate to have lots of colleagues all over the world that value what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think probably, especially in piano, I mean, piano is very competitive. I'm sure you've seen that being here at Eastman. Um, and it's very, very European, <laughs> very <laughs> Russian, very Asian, you know? And so I think sometimes that's what major venues and that's who they promote. And those people are amazing and some of them are, you know, good friends of mine too. Uh, but, you know, the, it is hard to kind of break into those venues when your face is not seen as something that sells. Mm -hmm. So I'm wow. really fortunate that we've, 
you know, made partnerships around the world. Actually, my husband and I are going to Malaysia and doing some concerts there and Thailand wow. and lots of brown people over there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's been really exciting. I mean, I'm not sad at all. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like the rest of the world and the rest of the um especially the institution, is missing out on so many artists that they're just not willing to take a chance on Mm -hmm. because they don't sell. Um, Even our piano festival, our competition in Memphis, something I think is awesome is that I've purposely hired, you know, adjudicators of different ethnicities. Mm -hmm. Some of the ones, you know, that other people don't hire, (laughs) you know, because I want that viewpoint and actually just the fellowship is so much different than if we only hire certain types of people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I make the influence where, when and where I can. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, We see that wellness is also important to you Mm. um, as you evidence in your musicians wellness forum. Mm. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Y'all got me started. That question on the list. Like, Where is that? <laughs> I missed that on the text. Okay. <laughs> Wellness. Okay. So I actually injured myself. Uh, I was kind of telling y'all off mic that I went to Cleveland Institute of Music, and I guess I didn't tell the listeners where I went to school. Let me do that. <laughs> so, um, so I went to undergraduate at Southern Methodist University mm-hmm. in Dallas, Texas. I did my master's degree at the Cleveland Institute of Music in Cleveland, Ohio. And then I got my doctorate degree from University of Texas Here at Austin. Hey. Doctor. <laughs> um, I studied with Anton Nell there, um, Catherine Brown, and Carol Leone, going from the last to the great, the greatest. Like the, the, what am I trying to say? To my undergrad. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my point is, when I was finishing up my master's degree, you know, you have to practice a lot in conservatory. People be in these rooms all day. Mm-hmm. They don't stop. Um, six to eight hours a day. And I was doing that, and I injured myself. And that injury, you know, make a long story short, it actually lasted six years where I did not play at all. Six years? Six years. Oh, I said y'all getting me started. <laughs> six Yo. years, I know. So I, just, I barely squeaked out of my master's degree at the end there. Uh, actually, Cleveland has the Cleveland Clinic. A lot of people probably know that. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the major American hospitals. And on site, they actually had like a performing arts medicine institute. And they have a piano in the doctor's office. And I went there, and the doctor said, well, you're just going to have to go rest. He was a neurologist. And I was expecting a little bit more than that. You know, you got no pill, no right. shot, no <laughs> That's what the sports doctor told me in the clinic on campus. So, um, you know, that kind of spiraled me into many years of alternative techniques and trying to figure different things out. And I finally landed on muscle activation techniques in Austin, Texas, where I was getting my doctorate degree. Um, The first year of my doctorate degree, I re-injured myself to the point where I couldn't open my hand, I couldn't play an octave. I was like, I gotta stop. This piano is not working out. <laughs> you know, I've been struggling for so many oh years gosh. now. Um, when I, you know, found MAT, and it's really changed my life. So mm-hmm. it it not only healed many of the problems I was having physically, not only just my hands. I had patellofemoral syndrome, orthotics. I mean, you name it. I was a mess. <laughs> and then I could play piano again. And then I start concentrizing and then doing all these things with concertos and orchestras. I got my job. So, yeah, it's a real hallelujah moment for me. And that's what birthed some of these things like the Musicians Wellness Forum. And then I also wrote several articles for what used to be Clavier Companion, which is now our our national magazine, Mm -hmm. piano magazine, um, on wellness and taking care of your body and stuff. So. I think wellness is certainly a new topic when Mm -hmm. it comes to musicians is because, excuse me, so many people have been getting injured mm-hmm. because of this like go 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 mentality mm-hmm. and play through the pain yeah. no don't do so it yeah. <laughs> problematic don't so do it yeah. and my first introduction to wells was actually an undergrad because mm. my field teacher was very <clears throat> um adamant about that because people were getting hurt mm-hmm. in the studio mm-hmm. to the point like they had to get like electrotherapy and Ooh. eye stuff and it was it was crazy mm-hmm. and it's like so it kind of like made her start researching this stuff mm-hmm. people were really into researching wellness mm-hmm. and like if it if it play if it hurts stop playing and then knowing, learning how to like integrate playing back in so you play just before it starts hurting again and you, mm-hmm. even if you're practicing 10 minutes a day like it was 
crazy mm-hmm. like so and i didn't even hear about that kind of stuff because you don't think about getting hurt on your instrument until like it happens yes. and it's like what you finna do and it was mm-hmm. really hush hush i don't know mm-hmm. how it's been here for you know it, at eastman uh, but at yeah, cleveland like nobody talked about that stuff mm-hmm. you know i mean when i told my chamber partners i'm not gonna be able to play it was like oh yeah we all injured like, what <laughs> <laughs> Anything? Oh, we can't talk about that. Our teachers, you know, might think less of us or think that we don't have wow. the technique. I've or... never heard of that. Yes. Wow. A lot of people won't say something because it's like they don't want their teacher to take it seriously. Right. And then now you can't play. I've heard of that, but mm-hmm. not think less. Could you imagine mm-hmm. you come to your teacher and say, "Yeah, I'm injured." And be like, "Well, you didn't practice hard enough." Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's that used to be real. I mean, I hope they're getting wise enough that they stop saying stuff like that because mm-hmm. you know a lot of people had to just quit. They don't recover. Yeah. A lot of people don't recover. Yeah, yeah. I'm tell I know somebody in my studio who didn't recover. Mm. That, that's and sad. mentally, it's like a toll on you because you spend your whole life doing this right. thing. Especially you were in graduate school, you're thinking you're about to, you know, play and concertize, and that doesn't happen. And there's a huge psychological impact. Especially like there's a whole, that's a whole conversation about your worth being attached to your. Mm. I went. I don't. I never had like extended um, pain or anything mm. like that. But it's like I just couldn't imagine not being able to play. <laughs> and when I was an undergrad, my studio mate got injured. She didn't play for a whole semester, mm. and I was like, "Dang, I might could give me a little." <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh, I, no. Hate, I hated the VO in undergrad. I hated it. <laughs> but like now, thinking about mm. like, I couldn't imagine like mm. like six months without playing. Mm. Like, I, I just couldn't imagine. Especially like the way I learned coming back from that, I just couldn't imagine. So I think it's six years. It was long. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. But I'm good now. <laughs> <laughs> right and popping. Yeah. Right. We're gonna see you in action tonight. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> like you never left. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, I, I feel like I'm better post injury than I was mm-hmm. pre. So yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us more about the McCain duo? Oh, sure. Um, actually, I was like, we need to do an interview with them, too. So, mm. of the McCain duo, we are a chamber ensemble, bass trombone, my husband, Martin McCain, and myself, piano. And we tour, we play, we concertize, all of those things. We're both professors. And so, we actually started uh, this social media series where we want to empower the next generation with information, kind of like what y'all are doing. Um, so they have, they know what to do with their lives, know how to best market themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can organize their um, auditions, you know, so everything from the yeah. pre-college all the way till once you get out and like, what's next? Um, so we do that on a series called McCain Duo. Anywhere you can find us, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That kind of leads us into our next question. Like, there are a lot of young black musicians that are entering the profession right now. Mm. Um, we want to know if you had any advice for young musicians uh, coming from you who is who uh, is so well established now. Yeah. Uh, I think my advice to, you know, anybody really is to not underestimate what your influence can be. So I think, at least for me, and hopefully it's changing, there was kind of like this one influence that was important that was promoted to me in school. So you must be a concert artist, you know, and that's it. Or a professor that was like almost as good as being a concert artist. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, you got a job. That's good. Uh, but especially in the conservatory, I mean, people are here to play. I yeah. mean, you know, that's what they want to do. They want to be symphony musicians. They want to win competitions. And so that was sort of like the thing. And especially after I injured myself, I thought, well, gosh, now I can't do the thing. What am I supposed to do? And I think my influence has actually become greater post-injury and through being a professor and mm-hmm. all the other you know, freelance things we do than if I had just focused on sort of what was promoted to me as being like, the concert pianist that's yeah. it you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you're a professor all right you got the b team you know <laughs> i was like what no so i mean i just feel like my influence has been huge and uh it, you know taking me to places i would have never really dreamed of going like southeast asia mm. and you know going different places in europe and across america so don't underestimate your influence and what that might look like um, compared to maybe what you're hearing in school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, tell us where we can find you. You said something, some stuff about the McCain deal, but let, mm-hmm. like, and then one thing, tell us where we can find you, social media, all, all of that. Yeah, so I'm Artina McCain, all places, Facebook. I'm not on the Snap. I don't understand <laughs> the Snap. <laughs> <laughs> not, not I'm the not snap. on the Snap. 
<laughs> but I'm on the other places, Insta, Twitter, and Facebook. So, And then you can find me at artinamccain.com on the web. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much yeah. for talking with yeah. us. Yeah. Had pleasure. so much knowledge to draw. Yeah. <laughs> in the presence of excellence. Oh, gosh. Right. Well, thank you. I appreciate the work you all are doing like for the next generation. So, kudos. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank <laughs> you. And we are moving on. All right, y'all, it's time for the Black Excellence where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. This week, I am talking about Charles Overton. Um, Charles is a Boston-based uh, harpist and performer um, of classical, jazz, and world music. Um, he went to Interlock in Arts Academy. Um, Hail the call, dear old Interlocking. You said what? Hail the call, dear old Interlocking. That's like the... Oh, hell, the card, the dear old interlocking, land of stately, find a na-na-na. It's like a whole song. Na-na-na-na, okay. Yeah, and where he was a finalist twice for the Interlocking Arts Academy Concerto Competition. Um, he attended the Berklee College of Music in 2012, where he began to explore jazz and world music. In 2013, he was a finalist um, in the Amer- American Harp Society National Competition. So basically, he got there, and he was like, I'm here. Give right. me your neck so I Period. can step on him. Okay. Um, <laughs> not give me your neck. <laughs> um, in the same year, um, he was the first harp student to be admitted to the Berkeley Global Jazz Institute. Um, he performed in concert halls all over the world, including Tokyo's um, Suntory Hall, the Stern and Will Auditoriums at Carnegie Hall, Boston Symphony Hall, the KKL Luzerne Concert Hall, and has performed with the Berlin Philharmonic. Today, he resides in Boston, is an active performer of classical jazz and contemporary music. Um, his recent engagements include appearances at the Scholar Jazz Club with his jazz trio, the Charles Overton Group, period. Um, regular appearances with the Boston Philharmonic, um, featured as an artist at the Dutch Harp Festival con- uh, in concert with the Dutch National Youth Jazz Orchestra, and gave a tour of Spain performing Hinesteria's Harp Concerto with Benjamin Zander and the Boston Philharmonic Youth Orchestra. So, period. Shout out to you. Um, Charles, keep doing your thing. Keep harping it up. We see you out here. Um, also, Charles was a suggestion. I have a colleague um, that I work with over the summers, and he texting me about him he's like yo i gotta you gotta check him out like i saw him perform at the jazz club and it was like insane and was insane um so yeah that's a reminder that um suggestions for black excellence there's a lot of black people doing a lot of amazing things and we can't know about everything so i mean we know what's going on one of our black recent black excellence was like um how did y'all find me i'm like the world is small for one and for two instagram but like that's not always the best means. Like, if you know people in your circle, it don't have to be, like, you play for Obama at his house, at his tea party. Like, you don't have to be all of that. It really could be, like, you're a bomb teacher and you do good work and you like your job. Like, we want to highlight you. We need black people at at every stage of classical music doing everything because that's how we're going to get more black people into classical music. So send in your suggestions, period. All right, so my piece this week, a classic, um, is Dvorak's New World Symphony 1 because I was doing an assignment and it's been in my ear. Mm -hmm. Um, And two, because we live in a new world right now, so. Yep, it's going to be even new new when it finally blows up. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I mean, y'all know, y'all know the vibes, I guess. You know the vibes. <laughs> That's a new. I know. I, I learned that phrase. So, <laughs> for real? I mean, yeah. I saw, <laughs> I saw a meme, and it was like, um, what's his name? Dang. Oh, it was like Joe Biden really ran his campaign on you know the vibes, and he it really did, and it worked. And I was like, <laughs> now that's funny. He, he really. Did. That's really what it was. <laughs> you know the vibes. That's funny because that's like a classically black. That's like a classically black approach to politics, and that's as far as like, going though. But <laughs> no, but I mean, like the way they said that, like yeah. that's like the way we talk about classical. Oh, music. I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like you know the vibes, right? <laughs> oh, Father, help us in this time. the The world is on fire, and right. 
we have no you know what it's fine yeah let's not leave the yeah. episode on this note <laughs> I'm sorry. we can talk about that off off the line off one right we were surely descending <laughs> well i hope y'all are staying safe and healthy and trifling don't forget to stay trifling oh, i forgot i need to cover up my little thing let me put let me put this in front of your face so i can good so i can end the episode in peace thank you so much for listening to classically black podcast don't forget to follow us on social media at classically black podcast if you have a piece of the week suggestion black excellence suggestion or intermission suggestion send them to classically black podcast at gmail.com and we will talk to y'all next week dang i did so I well too i did really 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 good i know i usually i try to throw katie but then she covered my face so i sent her a picture of my face just now no you did not right the what the heck is wrong right with at you the end. oh my phone on do not disturb so dang you see you see this plot for my downfall You've gotten a number of those. I've said that so many times. (laughs) (laughs) What a a mess. What a doozy that is. All right. Well, she really just had to be. Goodbye. See see y'all next week. Same place, same time. Emphasis on same place. (laughs) And fastest. And so, you know what? Probably same outfit. So we'll see. Wow. Bye. <laughs> Bye, y'all.